Okay, you guys, here we go. She Runs Ultras episode number 123. And today we're going to talk about something that is very important when it comes to run training, but it's actually something that you might not have ever heard of before. So I'm excited to dive into this one. And the thing is, the thing that we're going to talk about today, it's a concept called minimum effective dose. But In order to talk about that, we first have to sort of talk about running, but in a little bit of a different context. Instead of just talking about like running as a thing, we're going to talk about running as a skill. And if running is a skill, then just like any other skill, in order to get good at it, you have to practice. And some people think that in order to get good enough to run an ultra, that you have to do a lot of practicing. And you do but there's a little asterisk next to this, it might not be as much as you think. So here's where the concept of the minimum viable dose comes in. Let's really, let's actually define this first so that we're sort of on the same page. I keep saying this, this thing and you're like, but wait, I have no idea what this thing is. <laughs> let's, let's define it first. So the definition of minimum effective dose is the smallest amount of input required to achieve a desired outcome. It's very sciencey, but basically this concept originates from the field of medicine, but it actually applies to any situation in which a stimulus is being applied to the body in order to obtain a result. And running is the perfect example for this. So you might be wondering how it works. And minimum effective dose works in training on the whole, kind of like this. We apply stress to the body, and by stress I mean training, right? So walking, running, strength training of any kind, even mobility training in certain contexts, cross-training, swimming, hiking, any sort of stress, any input or stimulus to the body, okay? So when we apply stress or a stimulus to the body, um, by doing this, we disrupt the body's state of equilibrium. We, You may have heard of it like called homeostasis too, like where we just sort of like to hang out. What is our like zero on a scale of zero to a hundred? Okay. And those workouts stress your body beyond its current capacity. And because of that, the body overcompensates through recovery to become stronger. It's kind of this funky little thing. We don't actually become stronger when we're training because by by definition, we're actually stressing the body. So while we're training, we're making it weaker. And it's through the recovery and adaptation that we actually get stronger. Okay, so hopefully you guys know that. But if that's new information to you, I'm excited to be the one that delivers that to you because it's sort of eye-opening when you understand how this whole process works, okay? So let's just, we're just going to say this again. Those workouts stress your body beyond its current capacity, and because of that, the body overcompensates through recovery to become stronger. And this is how you progress from where you are now to where you want to go. And so the whole reason that I'm talking about this today is because I think that there's a crucial mistake that many runners make in this process, and that is that they stress their bodies way beyond its current capacity to the point where it takes like an extended period of time to recover 
and or the load that they apply is far greater than the tissues or the structures of the body can withstand. And when that happens, something's got to give, okay? And that means like maybe a sprain, a strain, a fracture, a break. This could actually also manifest as sort of like a chronic fatigue state where you just can't muster up the energy, the physical strength, or even the internal motivation to train for long periods of time. And this is why having a well thought out training plan is so important. You thought maybe we could get through an episode where I didn't talk about a training plan. (laughs) Sorry, (laughs) sorry, not sorry. That's, it's not going to happen. And so you might have actually experienced this, what I'm talking about, this, this level of, um, you know, having trained too much, being physically, mentally, emotionally, chronically fatigued, where you can't muster up the energy, the strength or the motivation to train. Okay. You, you might have experienced this before. And if you have, this might help you tie back to what you did that caused it. Okay, so if you simply pile on the training with no regard to this principle of minimum effective dose, then you risk being overtrained and or injured constantly, right? So, and that would essentially render you unable to train for anything. Like if you disregard this principle and you just pile on and then crash and burn and then pile on and crash and burn, it's going to be this cycle where you basically, you can't do anything. All right. So like I said before, you may have experienced this at some point in your training, maybe on the micro level, like you had, I don't know, like a big weekend that you really piled on and then you sort of crashed and burned and then you were like whoa that's too much I can't I can't do that okay you sort of learned your lesson quickly or maybe you went to the opposite end of the spectrum and you experienced it on the macro level and you just went full bore full throttle pedal to the metal and you just crashed and burned in an epic level and hopefully you learned from that as well okay So each session in your training should be just enough to stimulate a response, but not enough to overload the system because you want to be able to stack more training in the following days and weeks and months to come. That's the whole plan, right? If you crash and burn in the first eight weeks, then it negates your ability to make it the full 20 weeks to race day. So too little train too little and you won't progress, train too much or too hard and you'll outpace your ability, your body's ability to adapt and recover and go again. So essentially what I'm saying is that you need to find the minimum effective dose sweet spot in between those two. All right. So the next logical question is, what is the minimum effective dose for run training? Okay. Here's the kicker. You knew there had to be a caveat, right? (laughs) It wouldn't be an episode without talking about a training plan or having a caveat. But the deal is that there's no one universal prescription for this, okay? You probably saw that coming. There, there is no one correct right way to do this because it's going to vary for everyone. We aren't all in the same physical condition. We don't all have the same 
bodies. Some of us have cardiovascular issues. Some of us have, oh gosh, I don't know, breaks and stuff and, you know, bionic body body parts that prevent us from being able to do certain things, right? So there is nothing that, or there, I should say there isn't one universal prescription for this, okay? But the good news is that you can figure this out. You can figure out what your minimum effective dose is by experimenting. And this is also why <laughs> having having a plan and tracking your progress is important because it'll allow you to see week over week, well, really day over day, week over week, month over month, and even year over year, what you did, what worked, and more importantly, what didn't. All right. If you wing it, (laughs) if you wing it, none of that information is available to you ever. Because if you're not keeping, if you're not following a plan and you're not keeping track of it, it's, it's gone. Right. So unless you have, if, unless you have like uh, a photographic memory, like total recall, I wouldn't suggest winging it because you'll never know. You'll never be able to calibrate. You'll never be able to figure out what your minimum effective dose is, especially if you're training for a finite amount of time, say like you do one race a year. So you train for, I don't know, maybe three or four months, and then you spend the rest of the month, you know, not focused on training. I don't know about you, but I can't remember what I had for lunch three days ago. How are you going to remember a full calendar year away what you did for your training during the last cycle if you're not keeping track? Okay, so where do you start? in trying to figure out your minimum effective dose. I think the best place to do this is to start by being conservative, okay? You can always add more training, but you can't ever take it back, especially once it's completed and if you've completed it and it's been too much, okay? So you can always add, but you can't take away. So think about it more like a process, like a science project, right? You're going to practice, you're going to experiment, there's going to be some trial and error, you're going to make some notes, you're going to tweak some things. Um, And from there, you'll be able to figure out what your starting point is and build up from there. Okay, it should really start with low volume, whether that's miles or time, and then low intensity at the very beginning in order to assess your body's response, okay? And if there are no adverse effects, like the ones that we talked about earlier in this episode, then you can add more, more volume, more time, like more miles, more time, and or more intensity. And as you progress, aka you become more fit, you'll have you'll have to increase those things, volume and intensity, in order to keep improving, because otherwise you'll just plateau, and, and for many of you guys, this actually might be the reason why you're plateauing because you're not varying your, um, you're not varying your variables was what I was going to say. You're not manipulating your variables, right? You're not switching things up enough, or maybe you're switching them up too much, right? We, we can have, we can sort of dive into, or we could get into sort of like the black hole of, um, training theory here, where there's just like so much and so many different avenues that we could go down. But I don't want to lose sight of the main point here. Okay. If your fatigue outpaces your recovery, then you've gone too far. Okay. Meaning 
let's just give an example here. If you do a three mile run and normally it takes you a day to recover, meaning for your legs to feel like mm, they're like 80% back to where they should be. And then you do a seven mile run and you can't walk right for a week. <laughs> you've gone too far. Okay. Your fatigue has outpaced your recovery. No, <laughs> I, don't, I, was, I was trying to think of like a, a funny noise I could make, like some sort of a game show noise, but it's not going to happen, right? You've just gone too far. All right. So minimum effective dose, keep this in mind as you start to map out your goals and your training for 2023. And honestly, you guys, it's one of the most valuable tools that you can have in your toolbox. Because if you can understand this concept and you can learn what your MED, your minimum effective dose is, it will help you to adjust your training throughout the year. Okay. It's, it's really a very cool concept and it's sort of like a little, I hate to use the word trick because there's nothing tricky about it, but it's a cool concept that when you understand, you practice and you master, you will know how to adjust on the fly and adapt to any sort of training challenge or situation that comes up when you start to increase load and your body starts to give you feedback. Okay, you guys, so because of the holidays and the number of crazy frantic emails and DMs that I got from you all, I have decided to keep the applications for Run Your First 50K open until Monday, January 2nd. So if you thought that you missed the deadline, which originally was on Wednesday, you're in luck. All right. So just go to runyourfirst50k.com. This is where you can check out the program. You can get more details about what it is, what's included, and the price as well. And that's also where you'll go to submit your application. Now, I will say that if you went there um, earlier this week and saw sort of the placeholder page, it's completely different now, all right, because I was building this new page. <laughs> so if you want to check out the program, what's included, what we're going to do, what you're going to learn, what you're going to get, all the things, go to runyourfirst50k.com and fill out the application. And um, you should also know that space is limited and spots are filled on a first come first serve basis. So my goal is to fill out the program by the end of this coming week. We'll probably get there in all honesty before that, but I want to give you guys the opportunity to get your application in. All right. And ladies, if you're not quite at the point of being ready to sign up for your first ultra, but you know that it's going to happen somewhere in the future, and you'd like to start just hanging out with more women that have similar running goals, then I want to invite you to join my private Facebook group, aptly named run your first 50k. All right, so just go to the search bar in Facebook and type in run your first 50k and you'll see it pop up under groups. All you have to do is just request to join answer the questions so that we know how we can be of service to you and you're in. So I look forward to seeing you there. All right, you guys, that's all for this episode. Enjoy this beat and I'll see you all soon. Oh, 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 o